Okay, Jared Jones, uh, we are here, podcast. We're talking about infrastructure today. Yeah. What, uh, what's kind of the, the down low on this? Let's do that real quick. Yeah, so, so basically what we're going to talk about today, we're, we're, not, we're, we're going to really try to stay clear as far as the practices that are going in as, as far as you know, both bills at the same time. That's really not what we're aiming to do, but more so um, you know, what is needed from an infrastructure support standpoint, um, maybe what's a couple of different views on, on how to pay for it, maybe a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we were prepping for this podcast, so Cody, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel like one of the main points we need to make extremely clear, there is a reason why people are at our wits end to this, you know, as far as arguing day and night, night and day about this, because this is not a very easy thing to talk about. There is no simple solution. However, I feel just given our, our perspective, the, the articles that we've read, the videos that we've watched, et cetera, I feel like it can help us maybe liven up this admittedly boring subject topic and, uh, and see what we can do. Maybe give our, our listeners uh, some thought provoking initiatives. Yeah, I've there. never seen so much money be boring. Oh my gosh! Right. Well, well, heck, what was it, Cody? What wasn't wasn't the bill itself twenty one hundred pages? Uh, I think it was twenty seven, and that oh. was one bill twenty seven hundred pages. Wow! So the other bill, which is more money, should be more. But real quick, um, what are we drinking today? Real quick, just maybe the title, and then we'll rate it. Yeah, let's see. This is a uh, peanut butter milk spa- uh, peanut butter milk stout. That's that's a fun one. Yeah, by uh, Belching Beaver. Belching Beaver. Brewery. Yeah, this is a this is a Cody Willis staple. He picked this one out today. Yeah, I have never had it, so it's not a staple. But I did. Well, pick yeah, it out. I, I mean, uh, oh. th- this is your style of stout. Yeah, yeah I that, do enjoy I stouts said. for all yeah. of our listeners. I think uh, it gives you a good taste, and they can kind of do some crazy things with the flavor. Uh, uh, first of all, I love the name Belching Beaver. I, Belching I think Beaver's it's awesome. Name. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Okay, so let's let's give maybe a lay of the land here for the first beer. Um, let's do it. Lay of the land is, I think the reason we're even talking about this is infrastructure has been in the news. Everyone's hearing about these infrastructure bills. There's a bunch of stuff going on. Yeah, a bunch of stuff going on. Um, So let's maybe say a little bit of history here. Over over time, um, we have built up infrastructure in the United States, and it's been pretty good. We have a highway system. We have waterway systems. We have these airports that are massive. We have a lot of things that are considered infrastructure. And so from the pretty much 1930s and 40s on, the federal government has taken a little bit bigger um, ownership on this, right? If you think of the uh, labor acts during FDR, if you think of Dwight Eisenhower and the national road system, they've decided to say, hey, you know what? We're not going to leave this just up for the towns and cities um, to figure this out or even the states. We're going to go ahead and put federal dollars at work. And... It really hasn't been that big of a deal. Everybody always promises a lot when they're running for presidential election because it's a, it's a good thing to run on because what it means is lots of jobs and a lot of money put into local economies, which always, of course, sells good on paper. And so um, recently, uh, the administration that's uh, currently in power said, yeah, we want to pass something. And now the Senate and the House have to work together to make this happen. So they both have competing bills, which are not really competing. They actually are somewhat supplementing each other. So I don't know, Jerry. Reliant almost? Yeah, maybe if you want to break down one of the bills and kind of say, hey, this is what my understanding of it is, and maybe give our listeners an idea of what's in it, how much it's going to cost, how they plan on paying for it as best possible, right? Because it's definitely not – it's not – easy to know all the details no no it's 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 incredibly difficult depending on what what publication you reads and you know how you interpret it it's it's not easy language it's it's not sexy no. but uh let's go over this this infrastructure deal so as as cody was saying i believe it's what it's 1.2 trillion 
Um, and it's supposed to upgrade what our, our public transit, our passenger rail car, bridge investment, roads, waterways, airports. Yep. Um, like all fantastic stuff. Um, but really kind of where it gets hairy is, is how to pay for it. Um, now, as the last administration did, they, they cut the corporate tax rate fairly significantly. Some some will argue too much or whatever. Um, but I do know that's actually kind of a, a hot topic for debate as far as how it's going to be getting paid. And I know a large majority of it, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you you read something differently or interpreted, interpreted it differently. But um, a lot of this is supposed to be coming on the, on the corporate shoulders. Now, to that stance's defense, a lot of these roads and infrastructure are going to be leading to the corporate. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, they're corporate building. So, them. so I, I do kind of understand that. Yep. Now, it's it's really as with everything, how much? What is what is truly fair? Because it's also against this administration as far as uh, the the person making under four hundred thousand dollars will not see an increase in taxes, right? Yeah. So it's it's very competing, very conflicting there. Yeah, with the one point two billion dollar, which is the one that is trillion. probably, or yeah, sorry, billion trillion. I, I forget that there's even a trillion word out there. <laughs> yeah. One point two trillion dollar bill. That one's probably most likely to I think make it through out of the two that are currently in circulation. Agreed. That one's already passed the Senate. I think it's on the House floor in a couple of weeks or maybe a month or so. But what I believe September twenty seventh. I think or? so. That's kind of the deadline they yeah, set in yeah. um, an order. Now that bill, like I think Jared mentioned, it actually covers a lot of infrastructure yeah, items. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the neat thing with that one is there's about five hundred billion dollars of um, uh, reallocated funds from past bills. Yeah, are you talking about like unused COVID dollars? Yeah, un unused COVID. I, yeah, I thought it was around 300 and 350 billion. Okay. I don't know if it's 500. But still, it's actually interesting. Yeah, yeah so fairly significant Trump. Yeah, they're taking funds that they've already allocated and they said, hey, we're not actually using this. It's not getting used up. I actually really respected that move. Not bad instead yeah. of saying, you know what, let's yeah, just I thought that was uh, great. force down someone's throat. So, okay, we're reallocating. Now, that's good. But then the other five to seven hundred billion dollars needs to come from somewhere. And to Jared's point, it's corporate taxes. I think their plan is is let's raise 28. it. Yeah, twenty eight. Yeah, twenty one, which is current to twenty eight yep. upcent. Um, and then also possibly pull the I think the highest net worth or sorry, the highest income earners from thirty seven back to thirty nine. So increasing the progressive tax system for the highest income individuals a little bit. And what? It, and and just to, I, I'm actually asking this question. I'm not trying to put you on the spot here. Yeah. I, I know it's a lot of money, but what is the top bracket again? I think it's like 260 or two. No. You I thought what? it was. I thought I it was. I think it's higher. I think yeah. it might be like. I'm pretty sure it's half a million. I thought. 50 or okay. Well, well, we don't know the exact answer. Maybe our, one of our listeners can send that in to us, or we can look it up in Google. But um, still, that that's. It's definitely affects some individuals. Like I said, I just wanted to put that in perspective yeah. because all too often I feel like our tax system even gets misinterpreted as far as, oh, if I fall into this bucket, all my money's taxed at that. So yeah. I just want to make sure that we clear that up. Yeah, only every dollar after that amount exactly. would be taxed at thirty nine. Which is still absurdly high if you think about it, because that's just the the federal level. You still have another ten percent probably at the state level, maybe two to three percent. Yeah, yeah. It's five five twenty three. Three for single filers. Okay, so yeah, I knew it was up there. Yeah. yeah. So five hundred twenty-three, you know, thousand dollars sounds like a lot of money, but when you're taxing half of it, that person's now taking home quarter million or yeah, exactly. a quarter. They're only yeah. taking two hundred fifty thousand dollars, which I say only. That's still a lot of money. 
for anybody. Anyways, in comparison, I didn't yeah. want to. I didn't want to derail us. I yeah. just want to say. I just want to put that in perspective. You know, this is this is still. You know, according to Biden, he doesn't want to tax anyone under four hundred. So I just want to say, yeah. hey, he's making do on his making good on his word. Yep. Which saying is that he's only going to tax people making over five twenty three for a single filer. Yeah. That's all my only point okay. I want to make here. So uh, I think, like everybody for listeners, Jared just kind of went over the one bill. I'll give a maybe a quick breakdown of the second bill, which is currently in the House to be negotiated. Um, it's the three point five trillion dollar bill. Uh, and depending on when we release this, this might have already been, re- uh, you know, pushed into the Senate, or it may already be, you know, broken down a little bit more. But right now, as we're recording, three point five trillion dollar bill. Now, this one's interesting because it is called an infrastructure bill, but there's not very much infrastructure actually in the bill. You have child care programs, so uh, essentially guaranteeing universal child care for uh, I think like three and four year olds for pre K. So if you are a, a working family, you get free money to pay, put your kid into child care. Um, you're also, they're also looking to expand the Medicare benefits to include vision, dental, and a whole bunch of other stuff in there. Um, universal pre-K, so I think uh, that's like um, preschool is now paid for as well. So not only child care, but now preschool also going to be paid for. You have tuition-free community college which is also packed into there. So now any person can go into child, uh, community college. It's completely free, paid for by the federal government. Um, you also have like a very odd amount of money, $332 billion sent to the banking committee. So this is the committee at the House level that instructs uh, laws and, and things around the uh, banking institutions in the U.S. It's one of the largest line items in the bill. I think it's very odd. Um, of course, uh, I think there's some issues, of course, with our banking system, and it's weird that we're putting more money into it. You have some weird ones, like $37 billion going to the uh, U.S. Postal Service to replace all of their cars. Um, anyways, there's a lot of money, but all those things I just mentioned, I don't know, Jared, how many of those sounded like infrastructure to you? Zero. Yeah. Yeah, there, there. I think there is amount. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that yeah. it's just rather insignificant. It is. Yeah. It's very odd the amount. Now, yeah, some, their some marketing, their marketing team is fantastic with the name of these bills, though. It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about that. Invest yeah. in America. Put, put America to jobs work. plan. Yeah, right. Really great names, but as I just listed all those off, I'm, these are not like the small dollar amounts on that bill. These are actually the largest dollar amounts in the bill. And then you know, there is some clean energy acts in there as well. Right. So let's say there's $100 billion in converting some of our infrastructure to clean energy, which is all great, of course. Now, where is that money coming from? Now, the most interesting way that I found, um, the $3.5 million or trillion dollar bill has not really been 100% composed yet. So they haven't really actually said how they're going to pay for it. But one of the proposals um, from a couple of folks from the Northeast, uh, I think it's a couple of senators maybe, they propose that they do a uh, – a 7% tax on profits from large companies. So it's actually very interesting. It's it's a below-line tax. So after a company already pays their corporate tax rates of 21% currently, right. they may go up, and they have their profit line. This is what they will send out to their investors, send out to the company owners. They say, hey, yep, we made $10 million this year. Well, when you send that out to your investors, the IRS comes after you and says, hey, we now get 7% of that number as well. So it's a post-profit tax. Normally, taxes are pre-tax, or sorry, pre-profits. So they're kind of double-dipping there. And and the reasoning behind this um, 
is to essentially make sure that any companies that are kind of using credits and using some kind of workarounds to kind of beat the tax system as it currently is, to make sure that they're paying at least 7% on any dollars that they make for that year. So again, there's going to be some, we're going to talk about that on a whole different podcast about, you know, corporate profits, corporate greed, corporate, whatever it is. That's a different podcast, but this is just one way that they're, they're discussing on possibly paying for it. Yeah. That's, that's pretty interesting actually. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I have an opinion on that. Maybe we can reserve that for another one, Yeah. but uh, we'll talk about solutions. I'll set up. Yeah. So I think that gave us a pretty good lay of the land. I still have a little bit of beer left here. What about you? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Okay, so but yeah, we can get into rating this. Well, not just yet. I have one other thing that I think might be kind of interesting for our listeners. So, one thing that Biden, um, the the current president, has pushed is making sure that any infrastructure jobs that are created from this plan union are union jobs. Yeah, if I read union once, I read it a hundred times. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, so, so so far. Uh, based on the plans that are in, 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 in both the Senate and the House, the requirement is is that it is union-only jobs, and it would supersede state laws yeah. on unions. Yeah. So, like, for instance, we're in Arizona. This is considered a right-to-work state. It means that you can be part of a union, but you don't have to be. So if you're a teacher or you're a carpenter or you're an electrician, you don't have to be part of the local union to have that job. Now, in this bill, if you want to be the company that gets hired to do the roads, you have to unionize. You have to hire unionized workers. Yeah. Now, there are pros and cons to unions. We should talk about that in a different podcast, different of subject. course. But I don't like, and I'm going to give you a little bit of an opinion here. I don't like that you are now going to supersede state laws. No, I hate that. Actually, I think it's a little you, you take away from the, Yeah, you take away from from the the state's power, the state's yeah. government. Yeah, it's a it's a you little overreaching. Them. It's a little yeah, overreaching. You yeah. You're essentially saying, hey, you know what? You guys don't matter anymore. Let me go ahead and supersede. Hey, so, now, actually, I want I want to clarify our point. Prior to you actually doing a little bit of research, just to to arm yourself with a few talking points for this podcast. Yeah. In any of the news publications that you just kind of high level read over, or maybe listened to, or watched, or whatever, have you heard about the the stress on union? Because no. I have not. And I think it's it, a pretty big deal. Yeah, I think it's a really. I big was deal. actually really surprised how often I saw that. Because normally, what would happen is that's going to increase the cost. I, I was just about to say. I mean, by probably ten twenty percent. Now everyone, and and there's a reason to, of course, right? You know, now you're going to get a better paying job if yeah. you're on that side yep. of the spectrum. But to the U.S. taxpayer. I'm now going to get less for my buck. Yeah, yeah, it, go, it goes less because of the the higher cost of jobs. Exactly, higher cost of work, rather. Yeah, and and unions notoriously misuse funds. Uh, again, I, we'll I, think, I think we're getting down a, right, a rabbit, rabbit, rabbit hole that we don't need to go. But anyways, I just thought it was really interesting that that is not really being talked about as far as where the money is going from an infrastructure standpoint. Yeah, maybe we're looking too much into it. I don't. I don't see because that came across multiple publications. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about you know the Wall Street Journal. I, I read an article on CNBC. I read an article on Fox. I read the White House.gov. The White House.gov. I, I really tried to to get truly both sides of the spectrum and, yeah. and an unbiased source, of course. No, I agree. Really interesting. Huh? That's not being talked about a lot. But. Yeah, the union job. So we're in our second beer. So we've kind of put the lay of the land down. Uh, lay of the land down. Um, Jared, want to give your first ratings of the beer? Yeah, man. So uh, as the listeners probably now know, um, whenever I get the beer selection, I, I, I stick to IPAs. But uh, again, this is Cody's, and that's fair. I'm, I'm trying to play nice here. But 
Scouts just really aren't my thing, man. Is it hard? Is it hard for you to drink? I just don't like to chew my beer before I, before I swallow it. It's just so dang thick, man. Um, so I bet you the first person that, um, you know, reaches out with some really good feedback yeah. about, uh, maybe the infrastructure plan or one of our other podcasts, they're going to be a stout drinker because stout drinkers, they have opinions and they like good beer because I like stouts. Sorry, Jared. Hmm. We're not getting an IPA drinker responding first. All they have to do is drop me their Venmo in the comments. And if you're a IPA guy, you're going to get a nice little surprise. I'll buy, I'll buy it. I don't care. Buy a beer? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what's right, so, your rating on this? Um, a rating, uh, again, I, it's just not my style. I probably got to go 2.8 on this one. It, it's, it's, just, it's just not for me, man. I don't like peanut butter beer. 2.8? Yeah, 2.8. It's not my so style. For our listeners, let me read a little expert here on the side. It says, uh, don't let the dark color fool you, Jared. This beer is delightfully easy to drink with cascading aromas around roasted peanuts, dark chocolate, and coffee. Good times to you, my friend, and welcome to the Beaver family. Hmm. Yeah. Thanks, man. Well, uh, I don't like coffee. I don't like dark chocolate and peanut butter. Uh, peanuts are great, but they don't deserve. They don't belong in beer. So I think this. I think this is a nice, solid four three. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a high rate beer for me. That's the most outlandish thing I've ever heard. So I like this beer. It's got a lot of flavor. When you drink it, you almost want to swirl it around your mouth a little bit. And I get all the flavor. I taste the dark chocolate. The peanut butter is interesting. It, you can taste it, but it's not overwhelming. And it does have a little bit of coffee taste. I wouldn't say very coffee tasting. Yeah. yeah, I've known you for 20 years. That's probably the thing I've most strongly disagreed with you with. So. Okay. All right. So anyways, uh, yeah, yeah. for everybody, peanut butter milk stout from Belching Beaver Brewery. And where were they out of, actually? We didn't even say who they're, where they're out of. Oceanside, California, looks like, actually. Oh, okay. I would assume to Oregon. Me too. Hmm. Beavers cool. in or- yeah, Oceanside. In California. So uh, now I guess we kind of got to, you know, what's the right move, right? Yeah. So you want to go first like uh, you did last time? Yeah, yeah. That's good. So, of course... All too often, whenever we start talking about, you know, the, the bills that the government passes, we kind of lose sight. But unfortunately, I forget what our national debt is. Isn't it like approaching almost 30 trillion, 28 trillion, yeah. 29 trillion? Yeah. It's, it's some crazy number. Yep. Um, and that's a problem, growing problem, different podcasts, of course. But we almost lose sight on how much money $1.2 trillion is. You know, honestly... I type it in my calculator. I'm like, no, 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 that's not right. But yeah. too many zeros, right? It always feels like too yeah, many zeros. At least three or six too many zeros. But anyways, uh, I, I really just want to challenge our listeners just just to t- try to type in $1.2 trillion in a, in a calculator. You have to turn it sideways, first of all, on your phone. But um, <laughs> it, it just really, really bothers me that, that we just talk about these billions and these trillions, just let it roll off the tongue. So I really just want to put that in perspective. But yeah. also, one thing I really want to just talk about is the tax gap. Uh, did you did you come across this in your research at all? The tax gap, as far as what the what we're kind of projected, what the Treasury Department projects that they're going to bring in versus what they actually get. Oh yeah, yeah. So as far as in 2019, what taxes owed projected and what taxes paid, 600 billion on the conservative side between 600 billion and one trillion. Yep. Right. So. You had mentioned earlier as far as um, one of the more responsible things I think our government is trying to do to pay for this this current bill is to actually um, utilize some of the funding that was already previously uh, provided with the with, yeah. with allocated thank you with the uh, with the pandemic I believe that was in the neighborhood of three to three hundred fifty billion okay so that's a lot of money oh yeah 
And then all of a sudden, you just enforce the damn tax law that you've already implemented, you know, make that a little bit more stringent, either beef up that program or, or focus, hyper-focus on the Department of Treasury there to just really a, a, attack the tax gap. And and right there, conservatively, let's just use the $600 billion, yep. and let's use, you know, the $300 billion that's we're estimated that we can utilize. Close. Hell, we're only $300 billion away. Yeah. So is. honestly, I don't think this needs to be a monumental, and I, I, this is not clickbait stuff. Sorry, guys. I'm not trying trying to really make my opinions, you know, I'm King Jared for a day, but I really think this is fairly simple. This is an inefficiency problem from our from our Department of Treasury or from the IRS. No, I, I kind of agree with you there. That makes sense, actually. Yeah, literally just enforce the laws that you've already put. We don't have to, because right now what I'm afraid of taxing the corporate tax, uh, what I'm afraid of doing by increasing the corporate tax rate, look, you know, the, the, I don't want to get too much into the weeds on this, but right now you have to make it beneficial to want to do business with you, yeah. right? There's a reason why people are, or companies rather are fleeing from California to Texas. You, you have to make it desirable to be to do business. It's, it's with everything. You have to be a desirable person to want to be around and you have to be a desirable state. You have to be a desirable country to want to do business and to be around, right? So I, I don't want to make it to where businesses are just taking their businesses overseas, yeah, what's the Europe tax rate? The average Europe tax rate is around twenty percent yeah, for corporate. Right. Yeah, yeah, and we're at twenty one, so we're we're competitive. Now you go to other. You can countries, win with that. Yeah, which because we're going to be taking transportation costs. You can win with that. Yeah, that, that's that's reasonable. But when you say you're fifty percent higher, come on, dude. And that's what we were at for I a know. long time. I know. 35%. So right now we're competitive. We don't have a company saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm just going to move my headquarters to Ireland." Oh wait, did Apple do that? Oh, yeah, that's why they have so much cash there. So, so right now, honestly, um, I, I think almost we need to talk about before we get into our our, our opinions as far as how we can make it better. Yeah. I want I want to spend a little bit of time on what do you actually think of the infrastructure bill? Yeah, because I actually did a little bit of research right now, and, and granted, I couldn't really find. Of course, I could find our ranking. Um, as far as how they rank our infrastructure from a global yep. global scale, um, and right now we're thirteenth. I mean, 13th for overall infrastructure? Correct. Um, you know, we're behind India, we're behind uh, China, Japan, the UAE. Uh, wait, wait, we're behind India on infrastructure? Yeah, yeah. I thought that one was interesting as well. Huh. I would not imagine that. I don't know. I guess I've always seen like their roads and their train systems be pretty um, run down almost. And they don't have a huge amount of tax collection there. So I don't know how they're paying for their infrastructure, but maybe they have a very, pro, uh, very localized structure. Yeah. So my, 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 my gut, um, Jared, to answer your question, maybe a little bit more direct is, is I really liked the $1.2 trillion plan. I think, especially following your math, we're reallocating uh, past allocated funds. So we've already passed that stuff. Let's just use it properly. And then let's find that other 600 or $700 billion, whether we need to enforce current tax laws or we do some type of excise tax. Now, I don't know if you read into this at all, but um, a couple of other ideas that came up, and I think they were shot down immediately, was um, uh, increasing the current gas tax and also implementing a mileage tax. What do you think about those? So I also saw um, uh, part of that same line was the electric vehicle tax. So yeah. that one was insignificant. It was kind of laughable. Well, I think it's mileage, or, or was it like whatever? No matter what kind of vehicle you drove, whether it was a yeah, that, that, that was for the that was for the mileage, but um, it was kind of almost a separate one. Oh, it was kind of weird. But okay, um, so what do you think about the gas? As far as the gas, and, the mileage? and this is where I was kind of 
uneasy because I, I feel like I gave credit where proper credit was due as far as uh, this current administration said, hey, I'm not going to raise taxes on if you make under $40,000. Mm-hmm. Well, by taxing the very thing that I need to go to work and I don't make $400,000... Yeah, you are taxing me more. You do that, and and that's that's what really bothers me. And I'm not I'm not trying to play a Democrat card or Republican card or whatever. That just really bothers me because all you're doing is you're just kind of dingling something over here and be like, oh wait, but I'm going to get your pocket here. You know, just just yeah. tell me how it is. Don't 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 say, hey, I'm not going to raise your taxes, but then you tax the very thing that I need to generate money for my family. You know, yeah. that's gas. Well, you know, I kind of maybe maybe I take a little bit different perspective mm. on on the. Interesting. Yeah, well, Biden said that, right? Yeah. He's not the one creating these rules. He's the one that needs to enforce them. And so I, I always think, unfortunately, in America, we, we take a perspective of the president is the one that creates the rules of the land. He does not. It is your local state legislative branch. It is your federal legislative branch. So any, for any of our listeners, those are the people that create the rules. And then the policeman or the enforcer, you could say, or your you know, local um, whatever you want to call them, it, it would be like your president or your governor. They just enforce the laws. And so even though he said, I'm not going to increase the, it's not really his choice. Do you understand kind of what I'm saying there, Jared? It's yeah. not really his choice, right? Um, and so when you have the, uh, the Congress, uh, you know, looking at these laws, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I, I like the, I like the infrastructure bill, the smaller one that's already passed the Senate. I think there's some some eat there. We need to, we do need to increase, uh, or I guess improve some of those items, but where the money is allocated, I don't know. The gas tax is interesting. I, I right now I think it's about 25 per 25 cents per gallon for everybody listening. I think that's the number. So a quarter of every gallon goes to the federal government right, right now for current infrastructure needs. And I think that kind of goes into a pot of money. I, I kind of like that. And, and, you know, the airports, of course, have to pay uh, for their fuel. You have uh, ships paying for fuel. It's the users that are using the infrastructure are essentially paying for it. Now, why most people disagree with this, especially on, I think, the Democrat side of the aisle, is they say it's a regressive tax system. Did you hear that at all, Jared? Regressive tax system? I did. Right? Because the people at the top end of the spectrum, essentially, are going to pay less percentage uh, into the pot. Now, maybe maybe enlighten me or f- maybe indulge me, Jared, a little bit. Just because you make more money, do you think you should pay more for the infrastructure? We all have one car. Or we can only drive so many vehicles on the infrastructure and things. What so, do you think about that? So I guess I just have to ask a clarifying question with that. Are we talking from a sheer dollar amount or are we talking from a sheer percentage standpoint? So right now, every gallon you use, <laughs> right, you yep. pay 25 cents, right? So – whether I make, say, uh, uh, $50,000 a year okay. or I make $200,000 a year, I'm probably going to spend a very similar amount of time using our infrastructure. Would okay. you agree? Yeah. Right? It's probably yep. fairly similar. Yep. Our roads, all those things. So should I – should because I m- make more money, should I pay more for the infrastructure, you think? Mm, that's that's a good one. Um, so So initially my gut says no. Yeah, but I'm I'm trying to get to to where it means yes because I don't think it, it should be from a utilization standpoint. Uh, yeah, so the, which, mi- which, so which the mileage. So the mileage, they're saying the same thing. Now here's where I kind of I I, so, I kind of agree a little bit, but let me just give you one more okay, point here. Let's hear it. So when you start getting to the top end of the spectrum of income earners, what are they normally? How are they making additional money? They're probably yeah, what? Probably real estate investment. 
Yeah, that or maybe business owners of some sort. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I guess business owner. Yeah. Business owners. Person. Okay. So when you have business owners, what do you normally have? You probably have employees and they probably have company vehicles. Likely. Yeah. So now as a company owner, I'm probably paying additional funds into the federal infrastructure system, right? Because I'm paying for that gasoline. So I think even like the top income earners, like imagine, imagine Amazon, right? Amazon is paying for all these trucks that are on the road. They're going to pay actually a lot of money into the system. So I kind of like the paper gallon. Okay. Hey, you know what? It's 25 cents right now. We need to improve everything. We all have to agree as Americans. Let's go to 30 cents. Let's, let's increase it by a nickel. Do we want better? Do we want, um, you know, better waterways and, you know, the airports, what do you think about that? Is, is the gas thing weird? I, I don't know. It's, everyone's putting a lot of flack on it. I don't think it's that big of a deal. So, so the gas... No, the, the gas is fine. I, I don't know. It's just one of those things, man, where after I found out that tax gap, I think I got a little too narrow-minded in my research. I honestly think I just started pressing X as far as my web pages that I was looking at because once I realized that we are becoming so inefficient, I'm just very anti-tax mm -hmm. um, as it is. Um, no, I understand I need to pay them, but... I just have a very hard time, you know. The amount of them. Exactly. So once I realized this whole tax gap issue, and then we're talking upwards of, you know, on, on the, I guess, pessimistic side, as far as the, the belief that they're doing yeah, their job. Right? Is, side, I think it's the right word. Is that it? Okay. One trillion dollars? Yeah. I, I guess I just stopped looking. I stopped really giving any, any true thought. And maybe that's a foul on my part, as far as trying to come up with different solutions. But, you know, even on, even on the, the, the leftist slide, they were estimating six hundred billion in the tax gap. I mean, that that was just so absurd to me that oh, we're trying to. That come would be up. the conservative side. A trillion would be the aggressive side. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, I was going optimistic, pessimistic yeah, as far I as gotcha. you know ability to, to yeah. execute. So six 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 hundred billion to, to trillion. one trillion is the tax gap. That's first how, of all, that's a big gap. In that's and how itself, much but. they intend to collect versus how much they collect. That is correct. Yeah, okay. that's the delta. And and honestly, again, I'll, I'll admit my own fault on this one. But after I saw that, I stopped even giving. I, I stopped even giving the the core tax rate increasing that. I stopped with the electric vehicle tax. I stopped with the uh, mileage gas. It's just like no, 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 no. We already have the systems in place. We already have the right right spend. Why the hell are we are we looking to to increase taxes whenever we can't enforce the damn taxes that we have? Why why add more line items since clearly we have so many dang line items in our in our tax code and so many loopholes that you know what we're projecting to bring in versus what we're actually bringing in there is a significant delta. Why in the world would I want to add more line items for that delta to likely just increase? So I just want to get more efficient at a, at enforcing rather than enforcing new stuff. Yeah, and I think we're probably always going to have that delta. Oh, I get that. I get yeah, that. I'm, not, I'm not trying to live in a utopian society yeah. where everything's just perfect. I'm just trying to Close address a, a, a Elephant really big problem. Yeah. Okay, so we're trying to collect more money there. So your, your, your kind of plan of collecting a little bit more money there – also reallocating COVID funds, you get to the 1.2. Let's say it's you possible. You can get pretty damn close yeah. to 1.2. Okay, so let's say we can get there. Yep. We have a $3.5 oh, trillion yeah. dollar elephant in the room. Yep. This is for the child care programs, the Medicare, Medicare yep. universal pre-K, tuition-free community college, $332 billion for banking activities. Oh, that one's easy. <laughs> Just tax the rich. Yeah. Yeah. So... Right now, they intend, of course, increasing corporate tax rates, increasing the highest income bracket, uh, and then also I think there's some type of Wall Street um, uh, speculative trading 
tax. So, oh, I haven't read that one. Yeah, that's also in there from Bernie Sanders. I think he, he it's not, it's an amendment. It's not like it's in the bill, right? Okay. This bill is not Got structured it. to be done yet. It's it's kind of a $3.5 million, a trillion dollar, I want to say million, because I feel like anything over a million is like absurd. We shouldn't be talking about it, but it's a trillion, $3.5 trillion. Um, right now, it's like a wish list, and they haven't really said, okay, this is exactly how we're going to do it, and this is how we're going to pay for it. So right now it's a little loose. So you're you're the guy trying to get this thing pushed through Congress. How are you paying for three point five trillion dollars in infrastructure? I, I emphasize. I know, that. I know, I know, I know. You got little air quotes there. Yeah. What? How do you pay for that? Because we gotta talk about how we pay for it. Because okay, we'll 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 talk about the things that if if they're necessary or not necessary next. But how do you pay for that? Is it even possible? Right now, I think just give you an idea. The current tax revenue for the United States. So the United States pulls in this much money a year. That's how much money I tax all my corporations, all my individuals, everything for income tax. How much money do you think they pull in a year? What am I going to make a guess? About $3.5, $3.8 trillion. I wasn't going to go that high. Yep. I was going to say one. So right now, we are proposing a bill... That is the similar, if not same amount, of the entire U.S. revenue. Now, I get it, it's over five years, 10 years, whatever. But still, that seems like an absurd amount of money. And I don't think you can increase our GDP enough to pay for it in the long run. What do you think? Well, you know what's actually really interesting? So what that tells me is you have zero desire to even try to get our country out of debt. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not even trying to get our country out of debt. And, and I'm not pointing fingers at any one particular party because this has obviously been a an issue for quite some time. It's bipartisan, honestly. It, it, it truly. Unfortunately, that, that pains me yeah. to say that neither party gives a damn about getting out of debt. No one's actually putting putting legitimate action. But, um, you know, one thing that's really interesting about the let, – let's go back to the $1.5 trillion, And I just want to make one more point about that and then we can easily transition because yeah. you, you were saying something about increasing the GDP in order to actually yeah, pay for that. Exactly. So it's along the same lines. Do you know how much that $1.5 no, – trillion bill for the infrastructure would actually uh, estimated to actually generate revenue over the next decade? And GDP Fifth, growth? No, no, not GDP. Just uh, estimated revenue growth as far as, you know, allowing businesses and commuters and like. Oh, for more tax pay, more tax yeah. income? Only $51 billion. What? Yeah. 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 It, I, I could not believe. But that was, that was a, in, the, in the New York Times. You know, analysis of the legislation was uh, by the Joint Community of Taxation. Okay. Fairly reputable source. It's estimated that the legislation could only raise $51 billion in revenue in a decade. In a decade? In a decade. So I'm going to put $1.2 trillion into this machine, right? Let's mm-hmm. just say I'm going to have a, I have a dollar bill that actually yep. has 1.2 on it. I'm going to put it in the machine, and in 12 years from now, I'm going to receive 50, $50 billion? $51 billion. $51 billion. Over now, the course of a decade. Well, that's not a very good investment. Now, do you think... And I, and I didn't really take it this way. I just thought it was horrible ROI. But do you think they're taking into account that union labor is going like that? One point two trillion will not go as far as union labor. So maybe it's actually not as robust as it's making it seem. 
I don't know. I on this last podcast we just actually released uh, on Tuesday. We we talked about homelessness, and I told you about my brother's mm-hmm. situation where they had. I was thinking about the same thing, right? Where he it's had, just not going. Your dollar does not go as yeah, far. They had union labor on the job site for everybody that listened to that one, and they had to end up firing all the union workers and bringing yeah. in out of state workers because they couldn't they couldn't get the job done nor paid for. Yeah, so so that's so wrong. That's actually and, and also, um, uh, guys, uh, if I've been kind of uh, seemingly disinterested last you know two or three minutes, it's because I did look. I misspoke. Uh, this is on me 100. I said India. Clearly, that was incorrect. Austria. Oh, Austria. okay. Yeah. Okay. Clearly, a lot of a uh, lot of uh, vowels. My mistake. I'm okay. human. So I, I like how you already fixed that. Um, that's great because then we don't have to do like a revision. Of yeah. This. So nice job. So, um, anyways, as far as what you were asking for the 3.5 trillion. Yeah. How are you paying for? Because I just cracked my third beer. Yep. yep so I'm let's start talking it. about maybe how we fix this issue. So we have kind of. I think we have some agreements. On the one bill. Yep. Maybe can make that work. But how do we do the 3.5? And let's start talking about So we about are almost able to, to somewhat make the 1.2 palatable. Yeah. How do we do something three times as much? How, how, yeah. How, yeah. So you let know, me oh, go for it. So you and I, we've gotten in this conversation, obviously not in this podcast series yet, but just over the course of our friendship. You know, the whole reason why you have tax incentives and tax credits is, is to incentivize certain behavior, right? Yeah. And, and I get that, but I almost think it's too damn complicated. I really do. And I can't remember, you know, who was who the famous politician that was 999? Uh, yeah, that was the gentleman. He just died, unfortunately. Um, he's the guy that started the pizza place, but he was Come running. On. What is it? A Cane. Uh, you know what? That sounds right. No, I don't know. I'm sorry. Not important. Um, it, this just kind of popped in my head. I, I, I can't get off that. And I know your point is saying, hey, we have you know certain tax incentives to, to really influence behavior because that's, yeah. that's how you honestly drive people is you know incentivizing monetarily. Yep. So it feels complicated. It is complicated. It doesn't feel it is. I'm sorry. If, if the professionals have a tax gap of that large, I know. you know, I feel like I'm a decently intelligent person. I don't understand the first effing thing about, you know, moving money over here and, you know, creating an LLC and you can, you know, charge your track yeah. to that. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wild. So screw it. Simplify the hell out of it. 9% to property, 9% income, 9% sales. Boom. Federal government gets this much. City gets this much. State gets this much. Boom. And look, I... I'd be curious to see what that numbers actually work out to be. Yeah. I'd be really curious. Let's just say we don't care about nine. It could be 11, 11, yeah, well, 11, I just, I five, just five, want, five. I just want, hell, I don't care if it's even adjustable. I don't, I don't give a damn. I really yeah. don't. I just want it to where it's somewhat a little bit simpler to understand and to implement and, yeah. to, uh, and to really execute. Because right now there are too many incentives. I, I mean. Mm-hmm. So here's some weird stuff, right? Let's talk about taxes a little bit and then we'll keep on moving into the actual plan. Um, right now there are some very odd credits and the incentive is, you know, like for example, Jerry, let's give you an example and then see if you're still on the same page. Farmers, they receive tax credits if they make so many soybeans a year. So if I'm a farmer in middle America and I'm in the middle of, let's say Kansas or I don't know, Iowa, any of these countries or states. And I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to farm this year? I got corn, I got soybeans, I can make blueberries, I can make whatever. I don't know. I'm not a farmer. But America says, hey, we need so many soybeans because we want to make sure we have X amount of crop yield per year. Okay. Right? We need this because if there's a case of war or anything like that, 
it's a high protein, high calorie food. We need X amount of corn. We need to make sure that we have substantial amount of food. We don't want you making almonds in the middle of Iowa, even though it's more profitable. So we're going to close the gap. You're going to subsidize it. Yeah. You're going to subsidize it. So you're saying, Hey, you know what? Nope. Let the markets work their powers. And if it's cheaper to make almonds in China, you're not making them in Iowa. You see where incentives and subsidizing kind of like you can't get rid of everything or yeah. you can. what do you think? No, 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 no. I, actually, that, that's a, that's a valid point. Um, cause honestly kind of what we're in right now is whenever you're dependent on for whatever PPE or PPE for whatever product. Yes. I mean, it's a national security semiconductors out of China. It's a national security issue. So I, I know it's a valid point. Valid point is as far as, you know, bringing up soybeans or corn or, or whatever the hell it is. It really just, you can fill in the blank with whatever it is. You need to figure out a way to incentivize people to make it. And I get if, that. And if there's a, if there's a profit gap, the federal government says, guess what? We're going to close that 18 cents per yeah, pound or yeah, whatever it yeah. is. Okay. So let's get off the tax stuff. Let's talk about the $3.5 trillion. Well, I was just thinking about a way to, a way to uh, pay for it. Pay for it. Yeah. So let's talk about the programs. If you have $3.5 trillion, it's going in a bunch of different things. So should we even be talking about infrastructure for these programs? Should we be talking about tuition-free college in an infrastructure bill, or is that a different conversation? So one thing that's starting to aggravate me is that they are taking these bills that have monumental effects to society and they are packing in all these kind of wishless items and saying, you know what, let's just kind of wheel and deal a little bit. We'll promise this, but I want this kind of thing. Wheel and deal. And now they're adding in all these very odd items that I think is almost kind of fraudulent almost like, Hey, let's, let's misleading almost. Yeah. yeah. Misleading. Like, should they even have things in there like tuition-free community college? So, what do you think? So, to your point, no. Um, and that's what I was—I was very long-winded, and, and that's why uh, I think you had to take over earlier. As far as whenever I was talking about that one point two trillion, or this is three point five trillion. I mean, mm -hmm. truly an insurmountable amount of money. Why the hell are we continuing to just spend money? Yeah, spend money we don't have, and, and we're we're spending it on free community college, mm -hmm. upgrading the hell out of our Medicare system. You know, uh, the free pre-K. You know, yeah. we're, we're adding in all these things, you know, to your point. So, in, in short, to answer your question, no. I, I, I don't yeah. think we should be just, oh, yeah, you know, let's throw a little pepper in there and a little little bit more garlic. No, 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 no. What do we actually need? Yep. Because so, – and, and if they want to do that conversation, I'm all right with – I'm all right with it. If, if, if the general public is electing officials to want to talk about free community college, yeah, cool. Talk about a bill on how to a bill, yes. not not a component of the large. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Talk about a bill because it hides it. it exactly. Hides it hides all of this stuff, and now you have, you know, whatever that amount is, two hundred billion dollars for tuition free community college. What happens is now you have a bill that kind of gets passed, and it's not like it's important. And now all of a sudden there's absurd amounts of money. Because let's be honest, two hundred billion dollars. Where does that num number come from? They just make that shit up. Yeah. They make the number up. But, but it, it's – whenever you're talking about in the trillions, oh, a billion doesn't seem that bad. A exactly. couple hundred billion. Uh, uh, whatever. It, it's only 0.2 of the 3.5 trillion. Bingo. You know, so whenever you're able to kind of pepper it in a little bit and hide it, mm -hmm. to your point, it is a little fraud. Uh, fraudulent, that's a kind of a strong word. Let's just go with misleading. It is very misleading. Yeah. So 
the $1.2 trillion billion or trillion dollar plan, I'm kind of like, okay, at least they're being semi-honest with what's in there. The 3.5, that's where I'm like, okay, let's draw a line here. Let's do one. If that's not enough to deal with infrastructure, then we can deal with that in two, three, four years, right? That's that's fine with me. I'm all right with always adding to the pot as long as we're increasing the pot. We need to increase tax revenue when we do it. Otherwise, we keep on going into debt. We can talk about, of course, national debt sometime yeah. else because that's a whole different conversation. It's a national security issue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But so the $3.5 trillion. So let's go ahead and say, okay, you know what? It's going to – nothing's going to get removed. We're going to have free child care. We're going to have free universal – uh, pre-K, we're going to have tuition-free college, more Medicare benefits. Um, and I can see what's going on here is if I was on the, on the person that built this bill, built this bill, all I'm doing is adding votes to my list. Yep. That was my next point. Yeah. Every single person that has kids that are between the ages of say three and five will now vote me back into office. Hey, just out of curiosity. That's a bind to vote almost. What do you think will happen to the price of community college if it all of a sudden it's backed by the government or paid for by the government? Well, two things with community college. They're going to skyrocket in cost. Oh, I didn't see that. Coming. Just like you have student loans causing universities go up. I was just trying to try back to our, yeah. our college discussion. The second thing is, is that you're going to get um, mediocre attendance. So because it's free. Same thing happened in high school. Yep. So if everybody, I don't know if everybody remembers this, about five, six years ago, a bunch of colleges across the U.S. Uh, got sued by the federal government because they were giving away college for free to GI Bill people. So everybody that was coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan war, huge amount of kids coming back using their GI Bill. Great. But then the colleges were not actually holding any type of responsibility to these guys. Printing off degrees. Bingo. And so what they were doing is they were saying, hey, um, yeah, you can sign up. I'm going to charge you $5,000 a semester to the, your GI Bill. That's the max limit. Just so happened to be the exact same number. Very Weird. odd. Weird. And then uh, wink, wink, show up the first day and show up the last day. Now, I, I do want to put a little asterisk. Yes, there were some people that are putting, yes. you know, they were, they were I'm sorry, misusing yes. this. But there are great schools out there that it's a yellow ribbon program to where a high level, my understanding of it, is they actually do charge to the max. That way they pass it on to the veterans. So yeah. I, I get where you're coming from, but I just wanted to clear up. There yeah. were a lot of schools, but unfortunately a couple bad apples can ruin the whole bunch, right? Yep. So there were some there were some schools that were doing some bad mess practices, malpractices, if you will. Mm -hmm. But there are fantastic schools that really take care of our vets out there. So, no, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I just wanted to clear that up. Yeah, and I wasn't trying to say that. I know you weren't. I just wanted to clear that up. Yeah. And so the schools that are doing that, why would that not start happening with community colleges? When you have yep. federal dollars that are so far away, remember that guys. That need to be spent almost. Yeah, almost everybody, remember, D.C. is 20,000 miles away. I know it's 3,000 yeah, 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 max, whatever. but it is far away. So oversight committees, supervisor committees, please, it does not work, right? You have to have close boots on the ground type of action. Now that's expensive, especially if you're in, located in DC. So that's why this type of stuff can go under the radar for so long. And now all of a sudden you have these bad colleges and they're taking advantage of systems that are created. You now have increases in wages. And now these tuition-free community colleges have like indoor swimming pools. What? Because almost you, it's a system that you created that you perpetuated. Bingo. If you don't use it, you lose it. Bingo. All right. Well, now I need a custom mat. Bingo. Now I need 80 inch gravy TVs and all my uh, classes. You can't do it. Yeah. I, I actually don't agree with making it free. 
at all. I, I don't think that should be a part of the bill. I don't, that is not infrastructure at all. It's not. So the other, the three point, or sorry, the 33, no, it's actually 332 billion. Holy smokes. Okay. $332 billion in banking. What that is allocated to is, if I remember correctly, is um, mostly around like fair housing, or not fair housing, but um, affordable housing. Okay. So banks now need to provide loans to affordable housing districts and areas. And so it's essentially... So is that like a part of the, the CR uh, Community Reinvestment Act almost? No, I think it's something separate, nope. but it's similar to the idea, right? Okay. Where, hey, I need to give you so much money and you're going to make sure that when uh, uh, a local city or town or state wants to build affordable housing, you now can loan them that money because it's government-backed. Interesting, okay. Right? So if anything's government-backed, what always happens? <laughs> Unfortunately, it's absurd well, amount of cost. I was going to say, it's uh, it's one of those things where it's not cheap to the government. It's not cheap to the government, which is not cheap to us. They pass it on, yeah. Exactly, yeah. right, to the taxpayer. And so I look at this $3.5 trillion bill and I say, hey, if you want to do it, if you actually want to have it in, in, enacted, I'm all for, let's go ahead and do it. But remember, we need to pay for it in a responsible manner. So guess what? We need to raise taxes probably by 10 to 20% across the board for all income earners and probably about 10% at the corporate level. If, if everybody's all right with paying another 10% or 15% of their income to doing it, then okay. I'm not okay with that. Well, I don't, that's where you have the power to vote. Exactly. I'm not, res, I'm not, I think that my dollars are probably spent more responsibly with donations to churches or to local boys and girls clubs, to Boy Scouts, whatever it may be. I like where those funds go to, right? I don't think that the government's going to be very responsible, responsible with $3.5 It's just too much money to programs that are, they're not even labeling correctly. How, what do you think? I, I think, hey, you know what? If you're going to do it, don't go into more debt. No, so, so just to kind of summarize, and, and if I'm correct in the summary, I, I completely agree as far as $3.5 is is just ludicrous. Yeah. Hell, just just with those two things, I mean, we we knocked out 0.5 trillion. We knocked out 500 billion plus, in, in just two points of it. So I think it needs to be a little bit more heavily scrutinized uh, and, and almost scrubbed. Uh, one thing that's not being talked about by by either side, as far as what I can find, is a path to resolution. You know, uh, l l let's let's put this in, in terms that maybe you know, let's move the decimal point as much as I can to to make it kind of relative to both you and I and our listeners. If I'm three hundred thousand in debt, oh my gosh! Okay, I see what you said. you're talking about debt or moving the decimal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh maybe maybe I make it clear. I got you. So, so to put that in relative in our terms, three hundred thousand in debt outside of your mortgage, guys. You know, let's say credit that's cards, credit cards, loans, auto, loans. auto loans, personal loans, etc. You know, non-legitimate asset-backed debt. I I wouldn't sleep. Couldn't sleep that night. Well, I you, you probably damn, you'd probably be looking at bankruptcy laws. Okay, yeah, sure, right. But you know what? I damn sure wouldn't be doing spending more. Figuring out a wife, uh, my wife and I would be sitting down playing our budget to, hey babe, let's figure out how we can spend three hundred thousand dollars tomorrow or next year rather. What does, does that does that make sense? Am I am I missing something? Am I oversimplifying it there, Cody? No, it's interesting because we have a, actually a, a personal debt issue right now in America. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. The Financial literacy. I mean, I, I know we find a way to work those two words into every podcast, yeah. but it can be... The average American has sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars $17,000 in credit, credit card, card debt, debt, right? Yeah. Which is a lot of money. And, and 
honestly, let's talk about auto loans because all they've done is they've shifted. It. The, hell, now you can you can take an eighty-four month auto loan now. What is that? Eight years, seven years? I don't even know. Yeah, I think it's seven. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that wild? It's wild, and they're doing that because, of course, they want they to lose. I'm um, sorry, the lower the payment. payment exactly. But so different conversation. Yeah, different conversation, but. That right there, let's just say Americans in general, we have a debt issue that is starting to be almost uns- unscalable, unsurmountable. Maybe it's, it's just becoming a, mo- a mountain of debt that we all feel is just getting too large. I wonder if the government having their debt it problems, I wonder if that's not been passed on to each American where we're like... Oh, as far as from like a philosophical standpoint? Yeah, like we're like, like oh, what? they're doing Uncle it. Sam's and 30 trillion? Yeah, I can do What's it What's my 300,000? You see how that maybe passes on? It's like the mom to kid or the dad to Apple kid. doesn't fall too far from the tree on those? Yeah, and so I think our government takes a little bit... They need to take a little bit of a step, step back. And you say, okay, when we do this, what is it doing from a moral standpoint or what is it doing from a ethos standpoint to our citizens like when we go into this much yeah because you're endorsing exactly but through your actions Bingo. through these spending plans through these bills that you're trying to pass you're endorsing yep. your behavior now who does this help who if if i was sick sick uh cynical okay if i was cynical i was gonna say cyclical for some whatever reason if i was cynical a little bit and if i was one of those guys down in washington hill and i was like you know what i kind of want to have this revolving door of debt who is the only people that win in this situation? Well, it'd be the government. Maybe and that's not the answer. Bankers. Oh, okay, I guess I guess bankers. But what I was saying is the Wall government Street. because through these bills, you make me more dependent on these bills. Therefore, I vote oh. you in action. Oh. That's where I was going. Oh, yeah. No, I, so, so I did both, actually. Okay, so l- let, me, let me hear your perspective a little bit more. Well, yeah, I, I don't definitely, right? If I was going to vote for somebody and I am 19 years old and I'm like, I'm going to community college, I'm voting for the guy. Who wants to give me for free for community college. Oh, yeah. He's buying a vote at that point. He's, in a way, yeah. Yeah, at a certain point. It, it's, it's kind of, unfortunately, so bad. But I was thinking, okay, if... Who, who, what politicians would be in bed with Wall Street and the bankers? Well, the ones that are saying, hey, borrow borrow money. Make sure Americans know that it's okay to borrow. Oh, now I get your point. Right? So Interesting. Borrow money from the Fed because that's where the money comes from. Right, right. They print money and it's, it's all numbers on a board really. But for Americans, not like this. This is real money for Americans. For me, Jared, everybody that's listening, this is real money that we need to go out and borrow. And – the people that actually win this deal are the bankers, the Wall Street guys. They say, yeah, yeah, come borrow more money from us, guys, because we're going to charge you interest. We make the we make the delta. We make the gap because then we can loan out your money that you don't really have. Hmm. And so all of the politicians that are continuing to vote us more into debt, I guarantee hmm. there is some type of relationship they have with Wall Street and the bankers. And you also notice that they always seem to lot make a lot more money right, with some type of Wall Street trade, something like that, right? You have Pelosi that's worth $500 million somehow, and she's been in government office for 50 years. It's a very interesting situation. And I'm not saying it's Republican or Democrat by any means. It's on both sides of the aisle. They both do this, and they trade their vote to really make Americans go into more debt, which helps Wall Street and and the debt owners, which is not good. I don't like that kind of situation. You're trading kind of blood almost at a certain point. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting man. I, d- I didn't take the banking route. I-, I-, I took from a government dependency route. Which I agree with 100% too. Yeah. 
Right now, I depend on the government for all these things, childcare programs, all these things. Well, childcare is going to go downhill, right? The, or do we all do we all love everybody that's listening? Do we all love public schools? Uh, no. Okay. Well, why do we not love public schools? Well, there's forty free. kids in there. Yeah. It's free, but if there's forty kids in a classroom, thirty kids in a classroom. Yeah, the teacher to student ratio is horrible. Okay. So, a lot of people. Yeah. So what happens when um, now childcare is getting paid for by the government? Well, how many kids are going to be in my two-year-old's classroom? Huge influx, unfortunately. It, it, it used to be five to one. Which you pay a premium for I currently. pay for a premium, right? And unfortunately, I get it. Not everybody can pay maybe a premium, whatever it may be. But guess what? The, the lowest cost childcare will now become 20 to one ratios. You will get worse care when it becomes free. There's no other way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's... It's not good. It's not no, good. No, it's not. But then the the person who has a heart in me says, "What about the what about the people that have a, a zero to one relationship?" Because unfortunately, you know the the parents really aren't there, and that's that's really only the instruction they had is a twenty to one relationship better than a zero to one relationship for that kid. You no, know, I'm not it, saying that we shouldn't have another option. I think maybe the state needs to figure out another option. Maybe your so we cities just flood our flood our state with you know different foster cares or no no no. I was saying like state and city they should come up with programs like hey let's say we're in chandler we both live in chandler got it chandler arizona yep chandler arizona well gilbert has this program where you pay three percent extra in, in gilbert city tax okay jared okay so you pay an extra three percent you now get lower health care or you get lower child care well maybe me and you are like you know what i just want to pay a little bit higher in taxes because i want to have the mindset of knowing that my kid's going to a child care service that's better so the city, though, will be able to appropriate those funds in a much more efficient manner than somebody that's 20,000 miles away. Oh, talking about so DC. you're putting a little bit more ownership on the individual city mayors? Bingo. Now you have a mayor, maybe your governors, maybe your city council. They're able to appropriate funds. They're truly in tune with the communities. Bingo. So like Interesting. me and you both know that Gilbert right now, compared to Chandler, has a lot of young families. It's a destination for New families. Money. Yeah. Right? Those people would probably be all right with paying a little bit higher in taxes for knowingly having better childcare services in that city. And now, now all of a sudden, any childcare center that opens up, they get a little tax break. It just happens to be about 3%. Hmm. You see how there's ways to do this. Interesting. And more. I don't hate centers. it. Yeah. I don't hate it, man. So let's start kind of wrapping this thing up because I think we're thir third beer down. Jared's behind as normal. Um, so let's talk about, let's give me two, eight beer. And what do you expect, man? Oh my God. <laughs> so let's wrap this thing up. So yeah. first bill, I think me and you are on a semi good page. Like, Hey, it's $1.2 trillion, absurd amount of money, but there's ways to fund it appropriately if we wanted to. Yep. There is monies out there that we really don't have to change a whole hell of a lot. I think we just have to enforce the, the current laws, yep. you know, retract, you know, Recollect some of the the fraudulent charges from uh, abuse of the the pandemic relief fund. Yep. Um, just go after the funds. Go after the funds that that weren't used. Mm -hmm. And hell, there's 300 billion. And then obviously, just uh, you know, address the tax gap issue. And boom. Okay. I think so can, let's say we are not going to be able to address that. Uh, do you have a? Let's just say like a middle ground. Where are we going to increase possible taxes to pay for that infrastructure bill? Look, do, man. Let's middle ground. Like if we have to. Do we do gas? Do we do mileage? Do we do corporate? Do we do income? Well, heck, I'm going to have to increase my credit card limit if we do gas. I know, right? That's already it's like, double. Yeah. No, um, so, so all, all joking aside, I, I think I reluctantly 
have to go with the mileage, mileage and gas. Weird. Okay. Yeah. I, I, no, actually, I'm going to go mi- mileage, mileage. That way we include all because I know a lot of companies, uh, I know what Ford and um, others that are, are making initiatives. So that way it's a little bit more longer lasting. I'm really not tr- I think all too often, I think we're thinking short term. So with the way that the market's going, I think more innovations are going to continually be made in electric vehicle market. Mm. Um, so with that, I, I want to lean forward a little bit more with the uh, with the laws that we, if we're king for a day, we're going to ask. I want it to be I want it to be good for ten years from now. Okay, so I drive uh, ten thousand miles a year, um, and they say, okay, hey, Mister Cody, you're going to pay one percent on on your mileage. Per Ooh, mile. What if what if your what if your mileage was weighted? Hold on, hold on, yeah. What if your mileage is weighted? What if your big ass, you know, F, what do you have, an F250 or F350? F250. And, uh, you know, my little Audi A4 were weighted differently. Because clearly with with all the trailers that you're pulling and with with the weight, you're doing a lot more damage to the roads than I am. What about a weighted mile? So based That's on, kind of interesting. Based on vehicle weight? Yeah. So like semi-trucks? Weight, weight times usage, yeah. Because the semi-trucks and the snow plows are tearing up the roads a hell of a lot more than I am. I like. I don't, That's kind I, of interesting, actually. I, I, it's not yeah, it just bad. kind of dawned on me. A weighted yeah. mile. Yeah. So you, you do some type of scale system, right, where you just say, okay, hey, he drove 10,000 miles, but his vehicle is the average, which is 5,000 pounds, so he's actually driving. He, he has a motorcycle? Yeah. And, motorcycle, so now he's only really driving, let's say, 1,000 yeah. miles. And he's going to be taxed one percent of that thousand. Yeah. So he's going to pay a dollar. I kind of like a white, a weighted mile. Hundred bucks. Hundred bucks. Yeah, whatever. Ten bucks. Ten bucks. Sorry. Sure. Yeah. No, that's not a bad idea. Huh. Um, because guess who's also using a lot more larger vehicles? Well, corporations. Bingo. Yeah. So for everybody that says, "Oh, we need to tax corporations more," bingo. Let's tax their utilization. Yes. The, the FedEx is world. All those weighted trucks. Um, unfortunately, a lot of our logistics companies are gonna are gonna take like. Huge hits, huge hits. Yeah, which obviously we're going. I was just saying we're gonna we're gonna do from a consumer standpoint. Yeah. So like Amazon, when just so everybody knows, this is kind of interesting. Everybody thinks, oh yeah, you know what, corporations to them. When you increase that tax to them, it gets passed on. Oh, they're getting their profits. Oh, I, yeah. I promise you. And it's not I like was thinking huge. actually from a produce standpoint. I wasn't thinking Amazon. Oh. I was actually thinking from a, from a food consumption standpoint. Yeah, whatever but it is. Whatever. I mean, there's there's the, infinite. We could have went down. The a money lot of goes the roads downstream. Down. So your Apple now costs instead of you know. 82 cents, it's going to be $90 Whatever. or 90 cents, sorry, 90 cents. Um, it's going to be an 8% increase because yeah. it just happens. Exactly. The money exactly. has to come from somewhere. Uh, everybody thinks that it just gets printed. It That's a problem too. It doesn't actually get printed. We'll talk about inflation on another op. But it does. One, so I think we're ready to wrap this thing up. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm actually happy. So, so it almost seems like... Um, I, I guess I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what if it's weighted mile? Do, do you want to kind of I, conclude on as far as that's a, that's a decent idea? I like weighted miles. Yeah. It, it's a fair way to justify a tax based on usage and also... And based on wear and tear. Bingo. On the wear. On, on the road, I'm sorry. Yeah, I like it. Awesome. Hey, another great podcast. I appreciate you, Cody. Yeah, you have a good rest of your day, Jared.